This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio.fm. I, uh, this is your host, Pam Benjamin, hungover as fuck, but no problem. Trina Roderick to the rescue. She is training right now. Also, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, to the rescue. Thank God uh, they're going to bring the AltaCast to you today. We also have Emily and uh, Steve Poggi in the house, in the hizzy. We don't know if they're going to talk or not. We don't care. But take it away, ladies. Have fun. Yay. Yay. We're going to make them talk. Yay. Well, hello, Trina. Welcome to the AltaCast. Your first timer here? Yes. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. I guess, uh, so what we're going to do is just basically improvise, which is fun anyway. And so, so um, 
you know, my favorite subject is politics because I like to get people riled up and upset because that's fun. Um, what, what's one of your favorite subjects, by the way? This is kind of like the getting to know you. I don't know, just anything. Anything. Can I ask you something, though? If you're the yeah. sheriff, can I get deputized before we start? Is absolutely. Absolutely. As long as you're not PC, because I'm not a very PC person. I hate everyone equally. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's fair. I live my life in a fair world. So, absolutely. I need a deputy. Awesome. Awesome. So, I was reading uh, in the Huffington Post today, um because that's what I read every morning when I wake up from my dreamland. I was reading today that um, in Alabama that they still see uh, same-sex marriage as um, illegal still. And uh, the courts will not basically, I mean, now it's that it's a constitutional right, you know, that wonderful red state Alabama will still not realize that two loving people of the same sex can get married and i'm sure they're throwing the bible and all that stuff along with it so um i was reading that today that got me angry every every morning when i read the news i get angry you know though i shouldn't wake up that way but uh what what are your what are your opinions on that idea i know it's so prehistoric to even think (laughs) well that's exactly what i think it's prehistoric and so it's just um the, their time is limited. They're yeah. not going to be able to maintain that for very much longer. Oh, no. Okay. Ah. Oh, yay. Oh, wow. Voices. Not mm-hmm. only in my head. No, I mean, it's just like, I'm from, um, I'm from misery. So, you know, I'm, our state isn't as bad as I'm sorry, Alabama. where's misery? Missouri. Oh, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> you were referring to a city. Excuse me. Close enough. Um, but we're not as, I mean, we're pretty prehistoric, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it, it's pretty pathetic and sad that, you know, you still have these people that still have their ideas of like, you know, recognizing change and recognizing the fact that, you know, that same sex is something that, I mean, it, it's, it's not going anywhere, you know, it's just like black people and brown people. We're not going anywhere either. And the South will not rise again. So, you know, it's right. just one of those. Well, it's interesting to think about what it is about an individual's ideology that um, compels them to try to deprive another uh, individual of his or her rights in that way, and particularly in a way that does not affect them whatsoever. Oh, no, not at all. And those people usually use um, the Bible and what have you as their clutch. Which, you know, I many, many times before Pam and I have had this conversation because she was raised in a strict Christian background and I was raised Catholic. And so one of the funny things about it is it's just like, you know, those people who are using that the Bible as a tool, isn't that blasphemy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I was watching um, uh on Netflix, The Pervert's Guide to Ideology, actually just this morning. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, one of the the things that he points out is that um, religion actually enables this sort of hate-mongering. It enables individuals to get the approval of a god or um, a big other, as he calls it, 
And I think it's Zizak. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm mispronouncing the name because I'm horrible with names. But um, that, that, this is, that religion is actually enabling these sorts of ideologies as opposed to um, enabling, or as opposed to atheism, which actually is more um, of an ideology by which you have to respect the individual. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just like it. I'm not a religious person. Um, because I went to Catholic school and I saw what religion can do. It left a bad taste in my mouth anyway. Um, I'm more of a spiritual kind of person. But it's just like, you know, when people use that kind of hate and then the hateful people are always the ones that are using religion as something. You know, it's just like, you know, obviously you haven't read the New Testament or the Old Testament or the Quran or what have you. Obviously, you're just picking and choosing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like... It's like that uh, old, uh, not old TV show, but that old channel called The Box, where you could pick your videos by choice, by request. Well, they're requesting what they want to pick and choose from, you know, by the Bible. I just aged myself, by the way, by talking about The Box, for those who don't know what it is. Um, but yeah. Well, what is it, just so that we're on the oh. same page? <laughs> well back in the 90s it was this channel i think it was like channel 100 where i came from and you dial like a 1-800 number and there's like videos that you could order and so like there was videos like some of the best music i learned about was from the box like bjork and like uh tori amos and primus mm -hmm. and uh what was another one oh i used to always like uh order uh nwa so yeah, it was just one of those call. I want to see this video, you know. Oh but, cool, we yeah. did not have that here in California. That would really. Been cool. Yeah. Oh wow, I thought that was all over the place. That sucks. That was a great era, you know. Yeah. It was the last era of when MTV would play videos. But <laughs> <laughs> what do they play now? Horseshit. Oh. <laughs> Horseshit. They don't play videos. They um. They're, they're just like, a, I guess you can kind of put in contrast, they're just like the Bible thumpers, they're the consumer thumpers, where they lure young people, impressionable minds into buying things and uh, say, hey, this is how cool it's, it's going to be, and if you don't do this, you're not cool. But I mean, it's, but they don't play videos. They just have, you know, stupid reality shows like mm -hmm. My Sweet 16. Look how poor you are. Look how rich I am. It's my 16th birthday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smash. You know, and it's just uh, it's kind of gross. It's, I think it's cute, though, how the because I'm, I'm also I'm 46. Nice. So I, you know, was in college in the 90s. And I think it's cute how the new generation is or the generation in their 20s is like, watching the the real world like the original, <laughs> the original? real world that's so cute to me <laughs> that is kind of cute yeah i actually remember watching the original real yeah, world yeah me too that yeah the the first one was in new york the second one was los angeles the third one was san francisco yeah the fifth right. one i can go through all of them right. that is weird <laughs> the there was london there is miami there was okay i'm, I'm gonna stop because i'm nerding out on real world <laughs> i am nerding out <laughs> new orleans was a good season, new orleans was a great season. How do we hawaii pam? was good because we cause need a mic the, for pam Which, yeah. what is that for uh, i love the real world 
And I even loved Real World Road, Road Rules, Rules Challenge. I did too. Getting deep, baby. Dude, like the first couple of seasons of that one was great. Well, what they learned on The Real World is that they couldn't just stick seven diverse people in a house right. and match it, have it be interesting. They had to like give them a job or... Yeah. Otherwise, they just the one in San Francisco. They just sat around and under oh, no, that. Did they have a job on that one? There was, there was the one in San, San Diego. In San they just sat around and drank all the time. <laughs> and then they were like, "We need to get them a job." And they got them like a job on a ship, a sailing boat. And they're like, "We don't want to fucking sail. We just want to drink all the time." Drink all day. <laughs> and then they got fired from it or something. San Diego was also good. That was a good one. But they realized that it isn't interesting enough to just watch diverse people interact. Like they have to give them a challenge. They're like. Right. Get in this van and go do this weird right. thing, and then now right. do a ropes course or jump off a building, <laughs> whatever they make them do. And then the San Francisco one was like they had to face the fact about like AIDS and homosexuality oh, yeah. and then racism and and all that. Pedro that was that was the most political one, the San Francisco one. Except that girl. That, no, the, here's the most interesting thing about that. I actually made it to the second round of interviews for the San Francisco nice. one. Nice. And they ended up choosing a different girl from Rachel. Right. Ooh, oh, they that chose bitch. Rachel from San Diego because she so actually better. went to college with me. She actually went really? to UC San Diego. And then there was the crying. I got actually beat out. Like, you know how reality TV shows, they're looking for Drama. different people to pay, yeah. you know. And I was the crying loose cannon. And they chose that other girl. Who was that girl with the blonde hair? And all she did was fucking cry all she, the goddamn time. She was, time. like, very boring, too. Very, they chose the wrong one. Yeah, I was supposed clearly. to be the crying girl. Dude, you would have made that show. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten along with Puck. I would have slapped that little bitch in the face. I think you guys probably would have got drunk together and probably had intercourse. I would not know. I don't think so. That dirty bike messenger event, the snot rockets. I mean, that, that was before my my dirty bike messenger fetish. That was way before, that was back when I was a prissy pants. So that means you would have got with the guy that was going to med school. What's his face? He was not good looking. I remember him. He was tall and boring too, and he was dating the girl with the the Asian girl. The Asian went, girl with the red hair. Right. Yeah, with the freckles. See, that's so funny. Why we shouldn't we shouldn't indulge in this real world thing? You don't like Survivor too, do you? Were we no. separated at birth? Okay. No. I I stop. I stop right there. I mean, I guess you could say the real world. Like even as a kid growing up, like watching it. I actually tried out for it too myself. Uh, the 2000, uh, 2001 Chicago one. Oh, nice. That was, they yeah. really made him be lifeguard. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, this is so geeking out on real world. <laughs> well, it's interesting how reality TV has evolved since then, for sure. It totally has. It's evolved as garbage. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I don't think it has to be. I mean, I, I don't think, think it has to be. No. I just think we've got to figure out a way to, um, you know, make it more interesting. I don't, I don't really think it has to be trashy. No, I don't think so. I mean, there's, I mean, the thing is, like, there's always going to be room for trash. And sometimes I watch trash. Yeah. But I won't watch, like, Kardashian trash because I'll lose brain cells if I watch that shit. But, you know, also at the same t- also at the same time, you have a lot of reality shows that are kind of educational you know, if there's such thing. Uh, she's trying to tell us to... Oh, oh, S, S3. I was trying to say, the, the, awesome. the reality TV isn't that bad because its its roots are in, in um, documentary filmmaking, if you think about it, right? So, like, the first things, like, Grey Gardens was probably, like, the first reality TV show, right? Right. And then, then there were some boring... 
PBS documentary. The, yes, things. I was about to say the one about the family. Yeah, and it was it didn't catch on in the eighties or whatever because people were just bored by it because they're like documentaries are stupid. <laughs> but now doc, we all who doesn't love documentaries? Right. I love documentaries, but I will not sit and watch 45 minutes of the Kardashians whine. I refuse to do that shit. I will cut myself. I swear to God. See, this is where reality TV goes wrong because the shit ain't real. Right. It is exactly not right. real. That's exactly the problem with you it. You know, and, and that's the thing that the ratings of stuff that ain't real, people enjoy that. And it's just like, you know, like real housewives like i can't i I just can't get into it you know i want to see real poor wives of scranton ohio scranton pennsylvania that's what i would like to see they have not do that did that real poor wives of scranton pennsylvania i want that to happen and see what the struggle really is like and that i guess i bet you people will lure on to that yeah yeah I was really excited about, I think it was the Real Housewives of D.C. because they kind of promoted it as, oh, yeah, that's you know, right. these are, you know, women involved in politics, politics, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, okay, great. Now this is some actual reality and reality TV. But no. That no, didn't no, happen. No. What happened to that? Was, I can't well, remember. it was too much bullshit. <laughs> that must it be extreme too much bullshit. <laughs> um, there's, um... Another show I like to watch. I just finished watching the uh, whole season of Naked and Afraid. Oh, never seen it. Dude, that stuff is wild. Like, I, I could not survive in the jungles butt naked, no shoes, no food, no water. You know, just having swass for days. You know, that's. Have you ever seen that show? No, I've never heard of it. So it's on Discovery Channel. And they take, uh, like, two people, a man and a woman. Uh, they drop them off in the middle of nowhere, some jungle or some savanna or wherever. Leave them for 20 days with no food, no water, no shelter, no clothes, no shoes. Uh, they can only take a couple of like, you know, things such as like maybe a pot to boil water and a fire starter or a machete. So they have to survive on that. And you can see their emotional decline without having food or water, mm-hmm. you know, and see how they have to live. And it's really, really interesting. I know I couldn't do that shit. Because oh, no. you can't, I mean, you can't brush your teeth. I'm Who gonna... is the cameraman? Is there a cameraman following there, him around? Yeah. Does he get to eat? He gets to so, eat. So there's this asshole following them around with a camera who's got clothes and shoes. Right. And that is torturous. I know, that yeah. is torturous. That's what I'm saying. It's like kind of like a mental breakdown. You get to see these people mentally break down in 20 days. Wow. And like people getting like sick and like cut and bit. It's really fascinating. It's something that I would not do. Well, what else could possibly happen? I mean, do could anyone actually survive that? Oh, yeah. There are people that survived it. A lot of people. But I, I'm wondering, like, has anyone died on this show yet? Because, like, they stick them, like, in places where there's snakes and, like, right. you know, alligators and shit. You know, I'm, my yellow ass is not going to be hanging around that. No way. So is each episode a full 20-day cycle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, it's amazing how people do that. But, I mean, at the same time, we as humans once had to do that. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, we're going back in time. Like, we didn't have shoes. We didn't have clothes. We had to eat insects, you know, that... Right. It's, 
very Stone Age, but I mean, it's it was what the human species had to do at one point in time. So yes and no. I mean, but you still more likely than not had a tribe you still had thousands and thousands of years of training in foraging True. or hunting and you had some tools that were passed down or at least tool making abilities that were passed down right well they get to make some of their tools like if they don't have a machete or what have you or if they don't have a fire starter they have to build their own fire mm -hmm. or what have you which is you know that's pretty dope but you know, it, it just, it kind of shows you, I mean, the reason why I like that show is just like, I know I could never personally take that kind of challenge because it's very, very, it's not just physical, but it's very, very mental. And I like shoes. Um, <laughs> right. I like to brush my teeth, you know, I like to wash my ass and, <laughs> and I hate snakes. So... <laughs> That's why I could just settle for camping. Yeah. <laughs> no. I can't really even do camping without, you know, the the shower stalls no. at the end <laughs> of the campsite, right? Yeah. I mean, like, when I go to camping, if it's just a tent and a fire, it has to be only for a couple of days. Because yeah. then after that, I'm right. like, okay, where's the showers? Yeah. I mean, I need a scrub. Yeah. I used to be a camp counselor in Michigan. But thank God we had showers you know outside the cabins it almost kind of reminded me of friday the 13th minus the maniac killer because no one died but uh there have there were some really funny locals at the camp that i worked at and um sometimes the showers wouldn't work and sometimes there was no soap so you had to fend for yourself <laughs> it was just like one of those kind of like not survival things but uh very Jeffrey was stealing the soap. That's yeah. As <laughs> dangerous so, so as it got. It's safe to say that you're never going to Burning Man, Latoya. <laughs> right. not, you're not right. a burner. Dude. Okay, so has anyone here been to Burning Man? I have not. I've been to Burning Man three times. I went 2002, 2003, 2007. I actually had a ticket in 99, but I was a teacher back then, and... Um, I knew I'd get, it was starting a new teaching job and I knew I'd get drug tested. So there's no way I could go to Burning Man because just breathing the air of the people around you makes you high. Like there's no way I to get, it. there was no way that I could go to Burning Man for a week and not do drugs. Like, I there's just it. no way you can do that. I mean, it's impossible. It's, I mean, and in 99, man, I was fucked. I was doing meth and coke and I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I was like, Bum. yeah, so. I, I decided not, I thought the wise decision was to not go in 99, but That's I saved the ticket. But 2003, two, 2002, 2003, 2007. What, what was your experience like? Because I hear people's different experiences of Burning Man. I'm interested. Like, part of me wants to go, but then again, I'm like, again, I like to wash my ass. Yeah, it's dirty. Um, you have to get, the first thing to do is you have to get used to the heat. It's a completely different, like, it's it's like 104 degrees and it's 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 dry, dry. it's high. It's yeah. hard to breathe in the beginning. Like, yeah. it's hard to just acclimate your body to being outside. And everything you have to bring with you. So, like, all your water, all your food, everything. And, uh... And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's summer camp for adults with a bunch of fucking drugs. That's all it is. And everyone's like, oh, it's so spiritual and it's so life-changing. It's like, <laughs> of course it's life-changing. It's a bunch of people in the desert doing drugs together. Like, it's going to be life-changing and big pieces of art and shit. I mean, it's great, but I'd never go again because 
it's going to cost you at least $1,500. And it's sort, it's sort of kind of like the only people that are there are those fucking dick bags on their electronic skateboards. They have $1,500 to spend on one of those pieces of shit and ride around town like a douche. And, and they've got, so they're like, Burning Man, I'm going to spend $3,000 on Burning Man. I'm going to build, I'm going to have the couch on wheels and drive around the desert. And um, it's just a bunch of rich, techie fucks. So I really don't want to go back because I want to hang out with those people at summer camp. Fuck those people. You know, you're not the first or third or fourth or fifth person that I've heard say that recently. Because what I've heard, um, some of my co-workers who went to Burning Man this past year said that they had a good time. But you could see the de- difference in the classes of people there. Yeah, definitely. You know. Hmm. And How so? Um, well, she was telling me that, you know, people were like, okay, uh, for one example, so this guy who called himself an artist paid an artist to do his art. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, are you, are, what are you saying? Uh, she's like, no, seriously, this guy paid, he called himself an artist, but paid an artist to do his art. I'm like, so he's not an artist? I was, it was just like I'm like okay, that sounds bizarre. I've never heard of that. And then like some of the uh, places that, you know that they went to like right off Burning Man or right off where uh, everything was going on. People had like these really high tech like uh, RVs and what have you. Yeah, and, yeah. There's the RV crowd. Yeah, and you know just you know she says she could tell the difference within people. And I was just like, well, because I've never experienced, so I can't judge. So that's why I don't know shit. Well, there's there's two kinds of burners. There's the kind of burners that are like hardcore out in the desert. They build art and, and they're there because they believe in, I don't know, freedom of expression and shit like that. And then there's the rich, techie, douchey fucks that are like, it's the coolest party in San Francisco, except it's not in San Francisco. Blah. I mean, it's, it's sort of what's happening to our city anyways. It's the same thing that's happening here is happening there because it's just a smaller version of a city. And, I mean, that's happening all over San Francisco, that cool shit is, you know, you can't af- No one can afford to be cool anymore. Yeah. You know, like, it, you coolness comes with a cost. Well, just, you just it costs too much to live here. Yeah. yeah. It does. You know, it's so funny, like, even talking about the whole Burning Man, I remember I had some uh, customers at where I work and it was a couple and they looked like an Amber and a Chad couple <laughs> and uh, they're like talking to me they're like hey you look like you've been to Burning Man before they were talking to me I'm like no I actually haven't but I know some co-workers who are going and they're like uh, we were debating if we should go and I'm like uh, are you into probably doing narcotics and stuff because that's probably what I've heard it consists of they're like oh well we smoke pot and it was just like, I'm like, oh, that's so cute, Amber and Chad. That, that's, that's one of the most illegal things to do there, actually, um, is the pot thing. I, is, no, marijuana is still illegal in Nevada. But I heard that they were, one year, they had uh, infrared goggles. And at night, they were, like, pulling people over and trying to, like, see. We got, well, we got really paranoid because we were doing a bunch of acid. But we were we were told that they had these infrared goggles and they were looking for people smoking pot and that people were getting in trouble that's um, scary 
And so, at least one person dies every year um, <laughs> from pot or overdose. Well, for lots of reasons. Overdose. It's all kinds of reasons. The, the one, the year I was there in 2007, a girl died because there was an art car that was like a train of cars. It was like car, 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 and they were all attached to each other, you know. And um, she was moving from one car to another car, and she got, she tripped, and she got sucked under the wheel and run over. Oof. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that and then <laughs> there was a girl behind me. There was this huge windstorm in 2007 that almost killed me. A big box fell through the kitchen and almost smashed me. Um, but some, this guy pushed me out of the way. But what happened right behind us is the wind came up, and there was a girl in a deck chair sitting on top of her RV, and the wind just whoop, blew her off the RV, and she landed on her face. Oh, my God. And she was on acid. That was not fun for her. No, she didn't die, but she got really hurt. Um, this does not sound like peace and love to me. This sounds like tragedy. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, and that's the thing on, on your ticket when you sign it, it says like, you can incur death and bodily injury. We are responsible for nothing. Like that's all on the ticket. Wow. I, I think I just lost interest. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I, I feel like I'm too old to go anyway. I really no no, do. no 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 you're not too old. To I go. I know I know there are people older than me that are they're probably in their 60s and 70s that are still kicking it and doing that. But I just I know I'd be there just to hate, and uh, <laughs> just to drink haterade and hate on people. I know that that would be the kind of person I would be. You well, can do that. You can do anything you want at Burning Man. Uh, one year I saw an, a jar of mayonnaise that was uh, at least five feet tall uh, by like. It, it was it was a giant jar of mayonnaise in the sun in the desert. I have no idea why. <laughs> like it, was actual, actually filled with mayonnaise. it was actually filled with mayonnaise. It was what? a jar. It was somebody had made an enormous <laughs> jar of best foods and filled it with best foods. See, that's the other kind of wasteful bullshit there is. Like that they bought cases and cases of fucking Whole Foods, not Whole Foods, of, of best foods mayonnaise and then built a big jar and then filled it. Yeah, but I mean, if you leave mayonnaise in the sun, doesn't it like Ew. become like like liquefied, I, I, poisonous, or something? Yeah. Like you can't eat yes. potato salad that's been left in the trunk of the car, kind of thing. Like that's why it's because of the mayo, right? Is that that's what your mom used to tell you, right? When you yeah, were little, she told me too. She said never eat a sandwich. Poison might be kind of a too strong of a word, but so, it, something happens to it that you're yeah. not supposed to eat it. In other words, you'll get <laughs> sick, right? But that was the purpose. There was another place where they were giving everything's free too. They're giving away their coffee, and if you wanted whiskey in your coffee, you had to get it out of a nipple, and you had to like suck on this mannequin nipple to get the whiskey out. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I feel like the problem isn't so much we're too old, it's that Burning Man is too old. Oh, Maybe ooh. at this point. Like it becomes something, it's morphed into something it didn't originally. Yeah. Um, it, it, it seems like that's what's going on with a lot of the festivals too. Like you can even talk about South by Southwest, you know, which was aimed toward music and film and now it's aimed music, film and tech. Oh, and I forgot about um, artistry as well. But it seems like even with Burning Man, it's just like, I remember like hearing about it when I was a teenager and reading about it and be like, oh my God, this sounds so cool. I want to go. And now I'm just like, when I've had the opportunity, I'm just like, I don't know if I want to do this, you know? And plus it's the whole expen expense thing. Like, why would I want to pay $1,500 when I go to Europe? Right. Right. Or I can go to Africa right. or some island. Absolutely. Right. I'm like, dude, if I'm going to spend $1,500, it's going to be some place of an experience of different types of people, which, yes, Burning Man is an experience, but it's in Nevada. 
So <laughs> it, it, it really is it really is an amazing place and I, I, I'm glad that I went when I got the opportunity to go, but I just know that I would never go again. Even if you had a free ticket? Even if it, I, I had a free ticket in 2007, yeah. I mean, there's ways to work really hard and, and go there and not have to like pay for a lot, but still like, I don't know. I'd like my world to be filled with new, exp I mean, it's been so long for me because it's been nine years that it wouldn't be a terrible idea because it would be fresh enough or whatever. Or maybe next year in 2017, which would be 10 years since I went. Your 10 year anniversary. It'd be totally, I mean, it, but it'd be totally new because 10 years after, I mean, it, it can't be what it was. You right. Know? You told me, did you go to Schwagstock? I, I did. Oh my gosh. Like back in, gosh, like 95. And that was like the same year with the Point Fest too. Uh, see, I went, uh, for those of you that don't know, Schwagstock is a, uh, not, it's not even like a festival, it's just like a concert. It's a concert. That these drug addicts own this campground for. Hippies. So like, you could go there, and it was the most lawless shit I've ever seen. Like, you'd just be walking along, and people would be like, acid, mushrooms, ecstasy, in Rolla, Missouri. Yeah. And, uh... We were there one night, and then someone started to freak out real bad. Like, we could hear someone screaming a couple tents over. Yikes. And they were like, uh, like it was some girl like, I want my mom. Get the voices to stop. <laughs> like, full-on melting down. And then oh, we're no. sitting in our tent. Like, we're all geeked out on ass. We're like, dude, that, that's a bad time over there. We don't want to go over there. <laughs> and then there's literally, like, a knock at the tent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I opened up and the little guy's like, hey man, uh, is anyone in here a doctor? This chick is freaking out really bad. And I was on acid, so I was like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> what? And they're like, they're like, will you help us? And I was like, you're goddamn right I will. So I jump up and I go over there and this chick is totally freaking out. And I just sit down and I'm just like, hey, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. You're okay. I was like, my name's Steve. I'm here to help. And I'm helping you just by being here. And just by like me being there and like talking to her and like telling her, she completely calmed down and was fine, right? So her, then I'm your like, Your soft, gentle voice. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm a doctor. This shit's crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, then like, Love. I'm like, all right, you, you guys are good. We're over here. If you need any help, just come get me again. I'll talk you down or whatever. And we get up to leave and some other guy runs up. He's like, are you the guys with the doctor? <laughs> and I want to, I'm like, no, like, what, what do you, and they're like, someone fell and really broke their ankle. Oh. And oh I, I was God. like, oh, I, I gotta get my med kit. And then I just like ran off and hit my tent. <laughs> so that person got fucked, but I helped one out of two people. See, I only went, like, I didn't last very long there because the boy that I was with at the time was kind of a hippie. He was like into like fish and like string cheese incident. Oh my god! Oh my god. Uh, yikes! Oh, I know, I know. Um, and so we all caravaned and went down there. Wait, hold on. Does string cheese mean something other than the cheese? Oh, it's this horrible. Make <laughs> <laughs> you guys all. It's Everybody okay. really. Hates it's this horrible, horrible hippie band. Are they like a jam band? Oh, okay. They're, They're a jam, jam band. band. And I like Les Claypool. I do, but I hate string cheese incident. It is an incident that should have never happened. There's already a band. It's called Fish. <laughs> There's already one of them. We and the fearless two. flying frog brigade. Oh God. Yeah, we could go on about jam bands. No, we can't. I'd rather shoot myself. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why I didn't last long at Schwagfest because I got so tired of the jam bands, and I'm like, I want to go home. 
and I, I was even high. I was just like, and plus everyone was freaking me out because how high they were. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, I like drugs. Let's go to a rave. You know, yeah. I wanted to go the opposite direction. So I, I didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like my drug psychosis in like one night increments. I can't, I can't be psychotic for a full week. Yeah, it's not attractive. No. <laughs> It's not attractive, it's not safe. Well, no, even I, if you're a doctor, it's not attractive or safe. What I learned at Burning Man is that um, you can't, you gotta taper up your drugs and you can't, you can burn your receptors out. So you can't take, you know, if you take ecstasy the first night, then you have to like take two days off before you take it again. Cause if you take the next night, you have to take more. Like you have to take incrementally more because your receptors aren't working as well. So it's best to like start with some acid and then, and, and, um, and then ex but you gotta watch out with the ecstasy because you just too much at once, it doesn't work. And then same thing with the Coke. I, although Coke in the desert is a problem. So that's trick, not a good idea either. <laughs> well, the, the, the trick though, the trick, this is the pro tip for everybody out there who likes to do cocaine. I don't do it anymore, but you put it in an Afrin bottle. Hmm. So you, it's liquid, and you put it in your nose, and it keeps it moist. Oh, wow. Afrin and Coke, I breakfast of champions. The more you know. You guys know. I don't do drugs anymore, but I know how to do drugs. I'm very, very astute. That's now, that's it. a saline solution if I've ever heard of it. The more you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I like drugs, and... Most of the time, if I am at a festival, yes, I am going to be on some kind of narcotic. But if I, I can't be on acid at a festival for like days on end, I just can't do it. I can't. I, I, do I agree with that. I actually uh, took. I had. I had took acid at a Grateful Dead concert in 1993 in Vegas. Uh, oh, Sting opened. What? Which was amazing, dude. Uh, Sting opened for the Grateful Dead. This is when Jerry was still alive. Uh, I was That's a freshman dope. in college, 1993, and uh, I went with some friends, and we were in the parking lot, and we bought some acid, and we took it, and then I lost them. And I have this picture. Oh, no. When I was looking for them, um, and I'm at the top of this stadium in Las Vegas, and there are so many people there, and I just start crying, you know, very this person, this angelic type person, I think it was a guy, I don't remember, but, because it disappeared. Anyways, was like, it's okay, we're gonna find your friends. And I was like, I don't wanna go to any cops, I'm gonna ask him to He's like, we're finding your friends, don't worry, we're gonna find him. And it's, it started to rain, and I was like, it's raining, now I can't find my friends. Uh -oh. And then it stopped raining, and my friends were suddenly there, and then this person took a picture of us, and we were all so happy, because we'd been reunited, and I still have the picture, and I'm all like, looks like I've been crying. So there was a person that did it. They took the picture, but I have no memory of who the person was. Oh, that was your guardian angel. That's what I that was. I think so. There were like 30,000 people there. And yeah. I was lost on acid. Like, and they, they helped me find my friends without the help of any, like, overcoms or police issues. Mm -hmm. Just nice. Or sexual assaults. Or sexual assaults, yeah. Which happens a lot at festivals. Didn't get raped in the bathroom. Oh, this, uh, God. <laughs> there, I, uh... <laughs> I used to go to, I mean, I, I love festivals. Like, my favorite festivals are like Lollapalooza um, and Lollapalooza. I have not been to Coachella yet. I do want to go. 
Um, but I'm afraid I might punch someone in the face because there's a lot of morons out there. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm starting to get too old. Or my, may- my friends are such big Coachella fans that they have this special program that they're in. It's like a layaway program where they pay a certain amount a month. It comes directly out of their paychecks. <laughs> it goes into this thing. It's like an automatic deduction. And then so it doesn't seem like a lot at the time. And then it comes in a box that they open and it like has angels to fly back. This like very pretty box with the tickets. Whoa. Nice. And they and they love it. It's like a thing they do every year. It's like their thing. It's they like stay Christmas. Camp site. Yeah. And and that I understand, but like, man, I don't want to spend a thousand dollars to go see a bunch of bands. I don't give I don't give a fuck that much about music. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm done with festivals. I'm trying to do Comic Con. That's what I'm going for now. Oh, would you dress up? Uh, I don't know. It depends. Like, if I was going with a big group of friends and I wanted to make it, like, a really memorable trip, uh-huh. uh, and I had disposable income, I might. I'm not against it. You but. should totally dress up. Poji man. Well, that, they, nobody wants that asshole. <laughs> right, that guy's wanted by the cops. By some random family in England. Someone might be coming to kill me. That Comic-Con sounds really fun, though. That sounds like, like, just to be dressed up as, like, it, it doesn't even have to be a character. You can just play whatever character you want. It's kind right. of like being schizophrenic for a day. And there's yeah. a lot of uh, there's a lot of like famous people that'll dress up and walk around so you can get a picture with Darth Vader, and it turns out to be Brian Cranston or you know someone something crazy like that. That's dope. Alton Brown went with someone else, some funny person, and they went as the twins from The Matrix. But they had terrible wigs. They had like mop wigs on, and they, they purposely dressed up stupidly. <laughs> the Wachowskis. Yeah. The Wachowskis. No, the, the, not the not the director person. The, the the twins that were the, you know, in the Matrix, the white. They're wearing all yeah, white. Yeah, that, that's the Wachowskis. They actually played those characters. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. No. I swear. No. I just got scolded. I, really? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Let's, Before he turned it, into a woman, because you know that. Yeah. They, that was what? long after The Matrix was done. Dude, The Matrix came out in like... 99. Yeah, 99. I almost said 98, but... All right, you could be right, 98. But are they twins in real life? Yeah. Wachowski brothers are from Chicago. They went to my uh, cousin's high school. Whoa. Yeah. Same high school as Michelle Obama they went to. Oh. That Sense8 is a great show. Yeah. On the Netflix, The Wachowski Brothers. I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's it's fucking amazing, and they have a trans character who's actually trans, which I really respect. Like when they, I like when casting or whatever. If they would, in the beginning, I was like, how dare they cast a, a lady in a trans role? And then I was like, oh shit, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Wait, what show is this? I was this? wrong. It wasn't the Wachowskis. It was Neil and Adrian Reinert, or Raymond. They're the people that played the twins in the Matrix. You following them? <laughs> Damn it, I got excited there. I know, I was gonna say, they're, they're kind of fat and dumpy people. Like, and those guys are <laughs> tall and good looking and stuff. I don't know where I heard that from, but I, I don't know. I want to keep it that way, because I like that urban legend. It was the Wachowski brothers. Right. Shh. They were mystical. They're mystical. Everyone lives in the Matrix. Did they make anything after Matrix? Hmm. Good they question. They didn't do No Country for Old Men, did they? No, that's the Conan, Conan brothers. Conan brothers. I knew it was some set of brothers, man. Yeah. Conan, yeah. They, Conan brothers. Mario brothers. The, the old brother were Arthels. Yeah. That's the, yeah. 
And there's okay. the Farrelly brothers. There's a lot of brothers. There's a lot of brothers. Uh, you know who could be... Well, no, I was going to try to segue into some Alt California Botanicals thing, but I'm just, I have no ability for segues right now. <laughs> hey, you guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals, the best tank in the biz. Yes. Go to your local dispensary, ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. We know that they carry it at like Apothecarium and Spark and a bunch of other places in the city, but um, if you go to yours and they don't have it, tell them you want it so that they'll buy it, because it, it really is good stuff if you don't want to smoke anymore or um, if you just want to have laser beams shoot out of your eyes take a bunch of the take a bunch of the euphoria it's good times don't take that (laughs) everyone has a different endocannabinoid system and what we've learned is that steve's endocannabinoid system does not like high thc he's as happier with the cbd Uh, i get to try some cbg soon which is going to be really exciting Uh, and then there's also the cbda it's just like what we're bottling right now is the THCA. It's the uh, acids of the plant before. It's, so it's not psychoactive, but the, the CBDA is the new stuff coming out. And supposedly it's great for weight loss. Ooh. Which I'm like, I'm on oh it. my God. If, I'm like, if you guys are going to make a million, kabillion dollars. Like weed that helps you lose weight? No way. Yeah. I want it. Yeah, CBDA coming out soon. I, I'm actually out of... Alta California, I'm out, so I need to get some more. We'll get you some more today. Oh, yeah. Get you some botanicals. It actually, honestly, it helps me sleep. And this is bad, but I'm going to let you know that I put it in my red wine sometimes wow. <laughs> before I go to bed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I dream like and sleep like a baby. Not trying to get all Julie Gar- Garland on you and try to die, but. Uh, <laughs> which, which one do you take? Uh, I forgot. What co- color is it? Is it the green? Oh, it's the green. It's the yeah, green. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite <laughs> stuff, too. Yeah. That's the high THC. That's the great one. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's the green one. Yeah, so I, I used the last of that one on Sunday, gotcha. and I was well, just like... We will hook you up. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm having a bath and drinking red wine. Ooh. And slept like a baby. You know. Yeah, just don't sleep in the bathtub. That's something I've learned. Uh, don't fall asleep in the bathtub. Oh, no. No. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, drown in the tub. I'm not trying to pull a Whitney Houston and all oh, that. Too soon. What, too soon? Huh? Did, she, did she, was it an accident with Whitney? No, she was on drugs. She was on drugs. But she was face up, right? Not face down. So she just sort of slid into the she tub. She slid in. She slid into the abyss. She and I share a birthday. Well, not anymore, I guess. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson and I share a birthday. Whoa! And, and he died on my mom's birthday. Whoa! And my name's Latoya. Whoa! So Whoa. creepy! Oh! You my, weren't named after La- Latoya. No, Jackson. my mother <laughs> said that she found my name in a baby book, and I think she's lying because who in the right mind in 1981 had the name Latoya in a baby book? I thought that was a pretty popular name, though. Now it is. Hmm. Like my name used to be rare. Now I meet Latoyas and Toyas all the time. I'm like, oh, you're Latoya? What the hell? Where were you when I was a kid? I'll still call you Rare if you want. I, I like Rare. That's how I like my meat. Anyway. <laughs> no, but um, how did you... What about you? Do you know where your name came from? Nope. No. What's Trina short for? 
No, it's not. It's just Trina. Trina. That's just it. I'm sure people ask you all the time too, like, oh, what's it's just your name, Katrina or? Well, I get Tina a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I get uh, Latanya. I'm like, no, or Victoria. I'm like, you're way off. Yeah. Or uh, Jackass, or you know, all that other fun stuff. I get, I get, hey, fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> or hey, lush. Hey, you lush. <laughs> No, but my mom says she got my name from a baby book. But I usually, at work, I go by my middle name, Sharif. And that throws people off. And my mom actually got that name from, um, she liked The Clash. And she loved Omar Sharif. So that's why she gave me that middle name. So, that's a good middle name. I like it. Yeah, thank you. I like it too. It's my other person I go by at work. My professional name. <laughs> yeah. I like the story you tell about why you use it in, um, in job interviews and stuff, and on letters when, oh, when, yeah. you, when you're sending emails and things like that. Oh, yeah, because if I go by Latoya, people already know that, oh, this is an African-American. Throw that resume away. So the secret to my success is using my middle name, Sharif, because it's... I don't know if she's a girl or a boy, number one. Number two, it sounds French. Number three, or it sounds uh, Middle Eastern. But I've noticed when I do use Sharif, I get more of responses to people. And it's really kind of fucked up. Mm. It's, yeah. I, I, I learned that in my adulthood. So I have to play, play the part. Institutionalized racism. Yes, yeah. only by a name. And I've met, and the funny thing is, I met some white Keishas. I'm like, ain't Whoa. that, ain't that some shit? Uh, it's just like, okay. So I'm being judged by my name. So that's really fun. Maybe I should name myself Pam. <laughs> my yeah, name's Pam. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stigma that goes along with a, a short name. You gotta be perky. <laughs> you gotta, that's you true. Know, you, ever met a, you ever met a Pam that's like a, a bitchy cunt face? I don't know. Oh, I'm I, that I, one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pamela, the name Pamela, that could be a bitchy name. No problem. I, but if you're Pam... You're a cheerleader. I've, I've, yeah, I've never met a Pam that's not like, hey, it's like Kim's. If you're a Kim, I've never or met a, Jen. Like a really mean Kim. Well, Kimberly, I've met a couple bitchy fucking Kimberlies. <laughs> but Kim. So it's nice, right? Well, is, is Pamela short, or your, is Pam short for Pamela? Yeah, it is. But well, see, but that's exactly me. why, though, is because you're making the choice, and so the perky Pamelas are going to go with Pam. Right. The uptight Pamelas are going to stick with the whole name. Pamela. Right. What, uh, what about Kim Jong Un? <laughs> that's not a. That's not a nice Kim. Douche, motherfucker, douche. You know, I've met a lot of. Bitchy Kims, though. Yeah. Kims? Yeah, I've met some really bitchy Kims. It's just like, no, it's Kim. You don't call me Kimberly. So, and here's the thing that makes me crazy. Kirsten, Kirsten, Kristen. Shut the fuck up. Stop it. I don't care. (laughs) Kirsten. I'm Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten. I'm Kristen. (laughs) Fuck you. Your name is spelled. I'm Kirsten, (laughs) too. I'm a Kirsten. I'm a Kirsten. Or Megan and Megan. Oh, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys, if you're listening out there and you have a challenging name and you're a real cunt factory, <laughs> go on ahead and give us a call on the hotline here. Uh, give us a bling and tell us why you're such a bad person. <laughs> 415 five, 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 five,
zero zero five one one. Yeah, call in and tell us why you're a dirtbag. <laughs> what about there's there's Steve? Do you go by Steven? Has everyone called you Steven before? No, I, I, to be honest with you, I just try to go by Poji. <laughs> because if people call me Steve or Steven, they'll be talking to someone else and I'll still whip my big fat dumb head around like they're talking to me. <laughs> so yeah, you say Poji, there's only like eight people and half of them are in jail anyways. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Come from a long line of criminals. <laughs> but they're probably funny criminals, correct? No, no, they suck. They were bad, they got caught. <laughs> they're out. Are you the only funny one in your family, Steve? Actually, my little brother's pretty funny, but he's very timid, so it doesn't come out until he's shit-faced. Then it's not funny anymore. Oh. <laughs> oh. Aww. <laughs> A lot of substance abuse issues in this clan. <laughs> I thought I thought the majority of most families have a little bit of substance abuse problems. You well, know. from Missouri, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. They didn't, they didn't nickname it Misery because they had nice flowers. There. Yeah, show me. Show me the fact that you have substance abuse problems in your family. That's what the state should be show called. Show me the records. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's something in my family. We're not in denial. Well, actually, we are in denial of it. What am I saying? Trina, have you ever been arrested? No, but it seems like all of America has some form of <laughs> escape that they're engaging in. Dude, if you want, I'll train you. I can get you, I can get you arrested by this time tomorrow. Oh, don't. No. I, you know, the, I don't know. I would never you know, do anything that would get me arrested, but it's oh, prison and, and jail. Well, it's just not something that scares me, if that makes any sense. Uh, like, I, I feel like it, I would, you know, I, I, I'm an attorney and I've represented um, people who were incarcerated and I, I feel like, you know, they're good people. I mean, there are those who are good people right. who just came up in a bad situation. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Well, I think me and you need to have a chat after this show. <laughs> Because I, I need some insider information. <laughs> well, it's just an interesting thing that we do. We put people in cages. That's true. At, at the beginning of the 21st century. Hopefully that'll end someday. Yeah. But, um, we, we call them plantations. But it's just a different kind of prison. We're all kind of walking around in some form of prison. Right. I it's agree. The, the debt prison. There you go. Right. Classes yeah. in prison. Debt. Um, substance abuse, some kind of something. Kids. Relationships. Right. Job. Self-hatred. Right. <laughs> All of the above. No. The, the government prison. Kids are pretty cool. I let an eight-year-old cut my bangs uh, the other day. She did a really exemplary shitty job. They're really, <laughs> really short, and I feel like my wrinkles are bad. She actually pointed them out. She's like, this makes you look younger with shorter bangs. And they're like kind of funky and really short. <laughs> they do look And then she looked and she's like, well, maybe if you didn't have that big wrinkle in your forehead. Oh. Like, Daria, come on. Oh. Those are I laugh lines, number one. That's true. And number two, there's cream for that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to, I'm actually considering getting the Botox. My, my, I was hanging out with my dermatologist friend this weekend and she just got it done. Uh -huh. And I was like, Jesus, you look great, what'd you do? And she's like, Botox, Pam, what, I always do Botox. I was like, oh yeah, I got this. I see, nothing wrong with that. Well no, and she's a dermatologist too, so, but she actually pays to have someone else do it. I'm like, 
She's like, doesn't want to inject herself because then, like, if she did it wrong and her eye would yeah. be all droopy. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I just, I'm scared of needles, so I would have a fear of injecting something in my face. I would have to be blackout. <laughs> But that you can't, I mean, you can't, come on, you can't get Botox while you're blacked out. Come on. People aren't, I mean, the dentists can actually prescribe it, can do Botox, which is a weird thing. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is it, no, it was, I was at a dermatology conference and there was another person there and they're like, yeah, we do Botox all the time. And it was a strange profession that you wouldn't think that they would do it. And Trash it was <laughs> Garbage man and Botox. <laughs> Put out your cans, stick out your face. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm all for like the Botox and some plastic surgery. Just don't overdo that shit. You know? Well the the thing is you're supposed to you're supposed to get your plastic surgery before you need it. So if if I was um, a vain bourgeois dick bag housewife, <laughs> like I used to be, I would probably right now be uh, coordinating with my facial cert with my you know my rhinoplast no rhinoplasty is your nose but uh, with plastic surgeon about you know because you got to pull it up before it's a problem right because once it happens and I know it's going to happen because my mom just had she did the surgery too she had her eyes lifted but um my the tops of my lids are going to be they're going to start drooping over the top I mean I know exactly what's going to happen but a little brow lift and a tuck the thing is that I just find it to be a, a waste of money, and I don't like to go under the knife voluntarily. I think that that's yeah. Stupid. Yeah, that's that's the scary part. See, knife and face. No, I, I I'm just. But I'm all for it for people. They take this is this is great. A facelift is actually a facelift. They cut your skin. They they cut your hair in the middle of your hairline. They slice you open, and then they take out like a chunk of skin and they pull it back. And then they sew it back together. They like. It's like the movie Brazil. Yeah, it's they. They pull it down and then they pull it up and then they. And then there's a new thing where they just put these strings in your face and they kind of go to the back of your head and then they they tighten them. Yeah, hey, I've seen that. Kenny Rogers has that. <laughs> I mean, and it's weird. And I just, I mean, I guess it's perpetuated by the TV and by, you know, ads and. I, I just don't understand why we can't just age gracefully. Like, <laughs> or why you just can't, why age is such a terrible thing and why especially in so women, gross or whatever, you know? Especially in women, I feel like. But you, you now have a lot of men getting it. But for women, I, I see like people now in their like 50s and 60s and 70s that look much better compared to like when my grandparents were alive when they were in their 60s and 70s where they looked like grandparents. They right. didn't look like Tina Turner, or well, she black, so black don't crack. Never mind. Bad example. Um, uh, we'll say Raquel Relch. There we go. Who's like in her 70s, you know, and she doesn't look like she's a 70-year-old person, you know. I think we've started to take care of ourselves a little bit better, but at the same time, plastic surgery has become a little bit more acceptable in our society because before you were kind of shunned on if you did get plastic surgery or what have you, or if you even thought about it. Well, the trick is you're not, it, good plastic surgery, no one's supposed to know you did it. Exactly. Dude, I hella shame people for plastic surgery. <laughs> plastic surgery, <laughs> boob jobs, butt jobs. Butt job, I don't get that. Don't just get yourself cut open because you want free fries from McDonald's. It's fucking stupid. There's other ways to get attention if you need it desperately. I don't get ass jobs 
and lip jobs. Have I don't you seen get... Kim Kardashian. You know, well, you don't watch the show. I see her with some like VMA thing. Dude, she looks like a weird old troll that hides under a bridge. Like she, it's like a cartoon character. She doesn't look real. No, especially now, because now she's older. She's had kids. Her body's changed. But all that shit that she put in her body to make herself look good is still in there. That's my that, and this is where I have a problem with it. Like, if you're under the age of fifty, to me, I don't think you need to do all that work. I don't think all that work is next necessary. If you want Just some Botox, huh? Just get old. Why do you gotta? She didn't give herself a chance to get old. That's the problem. Oh well, no, she's a fucking. She's the toxic crusader. She's a mutant freak. <laughs> <laughs> and we should punish her, banish her back down to the sewers with the turtles. I agree. Is it? Did she put stuff in, or is she just a large woman who's had so much body sculpting out of every place else? I think she's done a little bit of both, I honestly. mean, she's so obsessed with vanity, I can't see her not having something done. Oh, she yeah, has. But you know? what is the question? Well, Janet Jackson removed two ribs from her body. And that was a common practice in the 80s for beauty queens to, you, you remove the bottom rib so you can be skinnier. Skinnier. I thought it was so you could suck your own dick. That's what I always... Are you talking about that Marilyn Manson myth? <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if you're going to remove, you know, get rid of ribs. <laughs> I want one rib. Get something back, some sort of rebate. <laughs> well, I just feel like, you know, and she's only like 34, 35 years old. And if you look at her pictures, like say even five years ago, she looks completely different. She kind of looks yeah. a little bit more like herself. And yeah. now she looks like, like you said, a cartoon character. And my thing is like, like I was saying, like if you're under the age of 50, you're doing that much work already. There's some, you have some mental issues. You, you're not giving your body a chance to age. And you even have young girls like in like 18, 19 and in their 20s who are getting Botox. It's like, bitch, yeah. why do you need Botox? You're 25. You can't yeah. sell Use hair dye. Cream. You can't sell hair dye to people with self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, or makeup even. I mean, it's a thing, but it's, it's, I think the advertising, the industry, the industry exists now. Now, did the makeup industry exist? A hundred years ago, I, I guess they Was did the Victorian the Victorian age. They it did. Well, they um, were big on like scents though, weren't they? Like smells, like they had those collars that would trap the. Perfume. They were scents on smells, and then also on face. But it wasn't, <clears throat> it yeah. wasn't like a, I mean. I think there was lead in in the face paint with the French people in 1700. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a technology issue. It's, yeah, it's a technology, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, the thing is, it's just. Now, especially when it comes to our society, when you have like, you know, these Kardashians and all these, you know, pop stars that are telling you to like, this is what you're supposed to be and don't have a wrinkle and have your lips plumped. And by the way, having ass and lips was not trendy. I mean, people Absolutely. of color were chastised because they had ass and lips. So all of a sudden now it's trendy. It's just like, it's just so funny how how things have changed it's just like you are really killing yourself to look like me really when my ass is real and my lips are real but just 50 70 years ago you were we were a minstrel show you know uh, well even you know in my high school days i i i'm exactly the same this is it's so funny to me now because i was so insecure and had such low self-esteem and i'm not exactly sure why i think it was jesus but um <laughs> I'm exactly the same size as I was in high school. I can still fit into all my cheerleading costumes. That's awesome. I can still, I still have some pants that I had in high school that I still wear. All this stuff. And I thought I was fat then. I thought I was wow. so 
fat. I was like, I have fat. Like, it was like my everyday thing. I'd look at me like, oh, I'm so fat. And I was like, I'm like 123 pounds. I should be 109 or something like that. <laughs> Amazing. And now I'm like, I'm 123 pounds. That's fucking great. Like, I feel like I'm a tiny person. And I just thought I was like this enormous person. And like, where was I getting that from? 90210? Like, <laughs> well, I, I, think, don't, I don't know. But I think for high school girls, it's a combination of things. It's that, yes, we are... Uh, susceptible to those types of images but then at the same time um, like anorexia and other eating disorders are really fundamentally a control issue and what's happening with us when we enter you know the high school age is we're starting to become old enough to take control of our own lives and the messages that we're not getting from media are things about how to go out there and be in the world it's all you be in the world by being beautiful and so that that control becomes internalized because there's not really any external um, vehicle to control like we're not the ones in power boys are taught to you know challenge the world take on this adventure and that those types of messages and narratives are not available to us no absolutely and I, I definitely, yeah, because I was bulimic in high school and all the way to in my 20s, it was about control. But it was also an obsession with the fact that I used to have these pictures of supermodels glued on my wall. Right. Kate Moss. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Naomi Campbell. And I'm like, first of all, I'm never going to be that tall. And secondly, my body, I mean, genetically, I'm not meant to be that thin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. You have great tits, though, Latoya. Thanks, they're mine. <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, it, you know, I used to try to basically just kill myself because I'm looking for this perfection, which right. it just doesn't exist. But see, that's where our agency goes. So we have this, you know, we're just starting to explore agency, and that all goes into um, exerting agency over our bodies. Right. Or think about the posters that boys have, which are Superman, action, you know, they or read. Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> right. Well, the, the, the you know the the same gender um, posters are you know these strong heroes, right? Heroes that go out into the world and you know take charge and right. save the day. Yeah. Ooh, I definitely. And all about Dora that. the Explorer has is a fucking map and a monkey. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what, what are we giving girls these days? She's not a real citizen. <laughs> oh damn! She's got a talking map. She's got a backpack <laughs> with some magic in it. Fucking monkey. She's an Swiper no swiping. Dude, she's smuggling that monkey. Where do you see a monkey running around the United States? She's smuggling monkeys into this country. She's a fucking... She's an animal smuggler? Yeah. She's a poacher. That's what I'm looking for. Don't be, You don't know... You never met too many uh, female uh, animal poachers. No. That's not a good thing, though. No, but I think we're getting there. I mean, I think yeah. the, the images for girls are drastically different than they were when I was in the 80s when I was a young girl. I mean, we're not all the way there. Like, I, I, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix. I haven't. I oh, want to see that. So good. Okay, I have to check that so out tonight. So good. I mean, and it's not, she's not fully, um, I mean, she's almost there. She's almost there. Yeah. I, to me, it seems like, though, I feel like we've regressed, though. Yes, and, in many ways, yes. Yeah, absolutely. and I, I just remember growing up as a teenager in the 90s where you did have an influence of empowering women, mm-hmm. you know, and now right. you have just more celebrity, I guess. Well, celebrity and sexualized um, empowerment. Yeah. You, you bring up a good point about the celebrity because now we've got 
we're, usually you think like, well, hey, we might have a woman president, finally, wouldn't that be great? But the thing is that at the same time, now there's a celebrity running for the same office. So yeah. it almost makes her, see, he ruins the whole game. He poisons the pot. Yeah. Because now the presidency is in popularity. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. And so it's like high when, school. When a woman could finally have the opportunity to be the president of the United States, we're suddenly realizing what a sham the entire position even is. Yeah, absolutely. Not that bitch. <laughs> yeah, get a different woman, and I'm on board, but not that bitch. <laughs> well, we're not going to have much of a choice. Let's just say we already know who's going to win. Do, do we though? I mean, yeah, I feel like Trump has an actual opportunity. I think he has more of a chance than Bernie Sanders. Oh, I don't think he wants the job. He, He's I, trying to blow it, don't you think? Pam, what, That's what is been your, my theory for What's a your while. conspiracy theory my again? My conspiracy theory is that um, Hill Dog and Trumpy had a conversation uh, at Christmas four years ago, and he was like, remember when I ran for president? And, 2002 or 2000 he ran for president in 2000 he's like oh and it was just a tra- it was just it was a clusterfuck no one's even bringing it up now which i think is funny but he's like hey hell dog this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna run for the republican ticket i'm gonna get a lot of support but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna win the republican ticket so then i'm gonna run as an independent so it will be a landslide victory for you that's what i think happened at christmas four years ago at the clinton trump christmas Hamptons party extravaganza <laughs> um so I, I really think that they had that kind of conversation and that that is potentially a reality. That, um, but he could, he could actually win. My parents are really voting for him. They, they are Republicans <laughs> and they believe that he's the answer. I, but he has no policy. Well, the policy of the whole Muslim thing, uh, of making all the Muslims be uh, documented and Like all concentration that camps. But it's it's actually it's actually legal in 1952. It's on the books. We passed a law that the president can um, marginalize or for any reason illegal aliens or or can make legal people. Because Eisenhower did that. But he has no actual chance. I mean, they're really. I think the media is just the media. Right. I think the media is just hyping it up. And, you know, they're fear mongers as well. But I mean, they're they're mostly talking about him because he's a celebrity. He it's right. sensationalism, yeah. yeah. And he is interesting because he's, you know, he's a smart businessman. But boy, are you dumb in any other things? He's gone bankrupt so many times. Like I, I don't think he's. That's why he's smart. Yeah. He's gone bankrupt, but he still has fuckloads of money. And well, my whole my whole thing of of it is, where do you hear his about? You don't hear anything about his wife, right? Uh, Don't you find that kind of weird? Like, she's just like a mannequin. She yeah, just, she's, you know how old she is? She's 44. I did a little research is that, on Is that Ivanka or Ivanka. is that his daughter? No, his it's, daughter is Ivanka. Ivanka. His, but his wife uh, was a, she was from she Serbia. Was a model. Too. She was she a was model. And now she has a fragrance line or some bullshit. <laughs> um, but like she's money. 44 and the, she has had so much work done. You can yeah. tell. Like, she is... She is head worked on. She seems kind of sad. You know why? Because you don't hear... It sounds like she has no voice. You know? And usually you hear about people, you know, politicians talking... Or not politicians, but, you know, people talk about their wives or what have you. Or, like, you know, if they're running... If their husband's running for president, you at least hear about their significant other. You don't hear anything about her. Mm -hmm. Nothing. 
Like, it, it, and it's kind of sad, and it kind of tells me, I mean, well, Trump is a sexist, racist motherfucker anyway, so, but it's just weird that how the media has not even asked, like, so what does your wife think about these things? Her or, wife eyes down. Yeah. No talking. No talking. Don't you like this jewelry? Yeah, don't, don't be a loser. Yeah, just <laughs> sell that fragrance, bitch, and shut up. Don't. Be pretty and smell nice. <laughs> but as the candidates narrow, that's always something like the wives have their own whatever. I Not mean, yeah. debate always, but you know, there's always. No, the first lady always has her own issue. You had a yeah. day off drugs with Nancy Reagan. Bitch. Uh, with the dare program, <laughs> dare to dare to keep kids off drugs. Right. She dared Barbara me. Bush's was uh, get drunk and kill civilians. <laughs> no, back. and Barbara Bush was riff. Reading riff. is fundamental. Oh, reading is fundamental. And then you had, then you had fucking no, you had, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton was, it takes a village. Um, uh, and then you had Rosalind Carter, uh, she, uh, I forgot what she did, but then there was Betty Ford with the Betty Ford Clinic. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and so on and so on. But the thing is, usually you hear like, you know, women of these pre- presidential candidates speak out on have their own issue. You don't hear anything from her and I just find it weird like the media hasn't even asked or like where's your wife been you know it's just but we don't really hear anything about Barry, uh, Sanders's wife or I mean that's I just don't true. think that we're not right there in the campaign yet I think that's I, I mean I guess I mean I mean uh, maybe I mean you hear about Jeb Bush's wife you know but Michelle, Michelle Obama no more fat fuck kids no yes more. work out Work eat play good. 60 Play 60 every day or exactly. whatever. The NFL was all hyped on that. 60 <laughs> minutes of play every day, fat fox. Get outside. <laughs> that like, boy shouldn't have like, titties. Does we count if I'm doing the we? No, it doesn't count. Get the fuck outside. <laughs> play in the dirt, you dumb shit. Build a sandcastle. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Kids, I, they're... Yeah. I agree with that. It's I'm like go you, play. I saw this is I saw the laziest. Well, it's lazy parents and lazy kids. Fucking four-year-olds in a goddamn stroller. Hold your kid's fucking hand and walk. Oh, no. Bad lazy parent. That's I just want to yell at them. Bad parenting. Bad parenting. That's you've you, got a four-year-old. I know you're you're traveling in San Francisco and you're a tourist and the kids just get so tired walking around. Hold their fucking hand. Get on the goddamn bus. What is wrong with you? You don't have a stroller for four-year-olds, right? I mean, unless they're like retarded or something. (laughs) Pam's like the Trump of Mutiny Radio. (laughs) What? (laughs) Trump of Mutiny Radio. Calling all the kids fat bugs. I hate bad parents. Bad parenting. That happens very, very often. And I think it's the fact that a lot of parents spoil their kids way too much and that yes they get very lazy and i don't think that's fair to the child and i think that's a form of child abuse as well i, I saw a three-year-old yesterday in the rain i'm walking with a child with an umbrella talking to him about water falling from the sky and this kid is holding an iphone and he's like three and his parent is just walking behind him it's like you guys are missing every single opportunity to actually spend time with your child right now like First of all, that's unsafe anyway (laughs) to have... The kid, three-year-olds should not be playing with iPhones. Well, apparently there's a new study out that the iPhones and iPads and stuff for kids are actually dumbing them down because you're 
actually less verbal with them. They hear fewer words. They exchange exchange fewer words. Like I was in line at Costco to get tires the other day, and there was this toddler behind me in line, and the mom's like trying. You know, she's kind of anxious about having to stand in this really long line and the mom's just trying to keep the little the toddler entertained with you know what's this and what's that and all that other stuff that you do with like a two-year-old right. and i'm thinking oh man too bad she doesn't have an ipad and then i <laughs> because they are amazing babysitters but then i read this study and i was like oh yeah that makes sense because if she had been in line you know for that 30 minutes they would have had an interaction no interaction no verbal back and forth I mean, yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I still believe in coloring books. <laughs> I still believe in coloring books. Like I, I when I, I work at a restaurant, so I see parents sometimes with their children and the, the parents are dining and having a conversation or they're playing with their iPhone as well. Mm-hmm. And the kid is playing with the iPad. Sometimes right. I just see all three of them on some kind of device. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is somebody say something to each other, you know, and it's I guess that's the future, but it's it's kind of a you have to balance right those things. exactly. You like have I'm to balance. sure yeah. the iPad does have some learning opportunities Absolutely. that are valuable. Absolutely, you know, but also at the same time, read Clifford the Big Red Dog. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right, right. Use your iPad to read to the child as opposed to giving it to the child and and some and kids nowadays are very 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 smart mm-hmm. and ahead of the game yeah. you don't know sometimes what they're looking at as well i mean right. they can slip yeah. up on something like you know but i mean there's just got to be a common ground and like mm-hmm. when i see and I, I also with adults too i think we're losing our fact to connect with each right. other absolutely you know it's so weird to me how many times i see couples at dinner not talking but yeah. on their phone that's sad it's so sad yeah. and i've even caught myself when i've been at dinner with my significant other and i'm like whoa let, let's stop this right now put the phone down yeah let's do this or even over the holidays this year i i noticed that my family we didn't you know usually we would when i was a kid every holiday you, we, we would call the other family that wasn't with us hey how are you doing happy thanksgiving you know talk to your grandma that kind of thing yeah and we just don't do that anymore. No, it's a text message, maybe. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or a Facebook message. Yeah. And I'm guilty. I, I'm also guilty of that as well. But I'm trying to cut that out because as much as I preach about don't do those, that stuff, I get caught in the loop of doing that. And I don't know if it's me being lazy or me just trying to like hurry up and get it over with, which I don't think that's fair either, you know. But. I, you know, I, I have to check myself and make sure I'm like, okay, put the phone down. And actually, if you are going to talk to someone, don't do text, listen to their voice, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the good thing about new technology is also FaceTime too, where you can actually yeah, look at someone nice. and, and interact. Right. So I think that's the cool part about technology mm-hmm. and, you know, talking to people. But when you're at dinner or you're at a social event, you can put your phone down. Yeah. You can talk to people. Don't bring your phone with you. That's the thing. Some days, there was a day the other day, I forgot my phone at home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I almost lost my shit for a second because I was like, oh, I don't have my phone. Oh, yeah. And I was like, 
so what? Yeah. yeah. Like, everyone knows where I'm going to be. Right. I, I mean, if anyone needs to find me, here I am. And you'll right. be right here. Like, it's not, it's not such a scary thing yeah. to be, to not have. The like, freak the, out? The phone! I oh, mean, yeah. If I really needed a phone, I had a landline here, too. Back to the iPad thing with kids. I don't think that children should ever use iPads because they're too young to understand that it's a fucking computer in your hands. <laughs> they don't understand the value or the importance right. of things. It's a phone. There's no... They don't know yet. And when we give them the technology too young, they have a tiny computer in their hands. Like, when a 12-year-old, I mean, even, I have, I know an 8-year-old with an iPhone. It's fucked up! Unless they really understand the value and the importance of what they're holding. Yeah, it's going in the washing machine for sure. <laughs> it's going yeah. in the toilet, it's going in the washing right. machine. A, you know, a baby's like, yeah, the iPad, yeah. throw the iPad. They don't know. Yeah. They don't understand. Right. It's like, and it's, if it breaks, we'll just buy a new one. No, it's, it's like a, Six hundred dollar device, yeah. like it's. Well, now you can get the older ones for forty or whatever, but um, you can't. It, it's, it's. I guess it's talk, speaking about a valuable lesson of teaching your children and others to appreciate the things that they do have and not take mm -hmm. advantage of it and take it for granted because a lot of people in this world don't have that advantage, you know. And so I think we just, yeah. we're spoiled and it's just yeah. like, oh, they broke yeah. it, so we'll get another one, you know. I have, a, I have a switching gears kind of question. What do you guys think about the free Obama phones? Uh, do you hmm. know about the free Obama phones? I've heard about it, but I don't know a lot about it. They tried to give me one the other day. If you have, <laughs> if you have food stamps. Oh no. Well, I do. But if, if one has food stamps, there is an option. They have these things on the street now and it's 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 a government sponsored phone. They basically give you like a Samsung, like a touch screen phone. Um, and it's, it's, they give it to you for free and it's like, I think it might even be free to use. But I was kind of afraid because I don't want the, gov the government. The government's going to be there, listening right? to you. <laughs> the government, they're not just going to give the poor people a phone. They're giving the poor people a phone so they can know what they're doing, so they can track them and see them or something, right? Like, yeah. They, they don't just give you. I, uh, I'm kind of weary on that. Yeah, I, I really am. I think, I think there you can get a phone for really cheap. It might have to be like a, a one with a calling card or what have you. Um, I don't know about the whole free phone thing, because I do, I'm one of those people that I do agree with you that I think someone will be listening to you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's like the Matrix. Right. <laughs> you know, so I've, that's why I'm weary on, weary on that. You yeah, know. I'm not going to get it. I don't want them knowing what I'm doing. And at, plus, I don't ever want a touchscreen phone. I, I really do believe that they're filled with the dead souls of Chinese babies. And I, I, <laughs> I, it makes me sad that... We just, I, yeah. I don't, I don't like touchscreen. I, I love my touchscreen. they're screen. built to break. I love my touchscreen. And everything is built to break. Nothing is built for stability anymore. I mean, right. I've had this iPhone for a year already. You know what? It's probably not going to, it's probably going to last me to the end of this year. And unfortunately, you know what I'm going to get sucked into? Getting a new one. Nothing is built to last anymore. It's just buy, buy, throw away, throw away, throw away, throw away. You know, so it. I'm su I'm sucked into the matrix. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I know I'm gonna end up getting another iPhone, probably seven, seven S G F. You know, <laughs> because I'm like, ooh, pretty. It touches like this. It does voices. I I know I'm gonna get sucked in. You know, but I'm not gonna be waiting in a line for that shit. I ain't that stupid. 
See, I, I really don't like, I, I know that if I made the upgrade and I suddenly had a tiny computer in my hands all the time, that I would probably love it. And I'm, I would probably be, get a lot more accomplished because I do get frustrated with my own technology and my inability to perform many tasks that other people are able to do because I just I'm, don't have the technology. I'm, I mean, I don't, have, I don't have internet in my fucking house. Like, <laughs> that's a, but I don't want it. I, I just, I hate to see the world moving so much faster and it's moving without me. And, I, and that's sad or whatever, I guess, but I see, just, I don't, I'm a Luddite. I, I don't want, I just don't want all this new technology. I, I feel like having the internet is important. And actually, the internet and having a computer is taking over having a television and cable, yeah. which I feel like that's more of a waste of time. Yeah. You know, because you have a lot more people who don't have TVs now, who rather just, you know, be on their laptop or on their iPad. And so, because you can, like you said, you can get things done, but you can also, you know, look at stupid shit as well and what have you. But I mean, I, I think having the internet and what have you is kind of like an important tool because it teaches me a lot of things as well. Mm -hmm. I don't need cable though. I don't, well, I don't have, have cable, cable either. I don't yeah. have any screens. I don't have cable anymore because that's a waste of time and a waste of money. Like I had DirecTV for like five years, paid $72 a month, my portion. $72 a month? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. On wasteful time. Wasteful time. As for like, you know, I don't mind paying $35 a month for having my, you know, unfortunately communist cast, which is horrible internet. Um, but I'm getting stuff done and I'm being proactive. And if I do want downtime to look at garbage, I have that option. Yeah. So. Well, it's amazing how technology is changing so drastically. It's so just, fast, though. Five years ago, I never would have predicted that, you know, within, you know, in half a decade, television would be almost obsolete. I know. It's it's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're meeting more and more people who don't have a television. Yeah. And for a while, that was like, are you kidding me? You don't have Especially a television? Especially the younger kids. Right. And because it's so expensive. And it was so expensive because at one point, everybody felt like they had to have one. Right. And now that we don't need it, now that Netflix is not just right. kind of taken over Blockbuster, but taken over television entirely. Exactly. Like, you know, it's cheaper to have like an Apple TV or a Roku rather right. than give like yeah. Time Warner my money. Right. You know, or well, spend money on a big exactly. giant screen TV mm -hmm. that's going to take half my room up in my house. Right. Well, yeah. and it's, and I think it, it's the younger generation that I think predominantly doesn't have television because they can't afford it. And they're like, well, why would I spend right. that much money on something I don't need when I need the internet and right. the internet will give me, you know, half of what television gets me. Right. I can get things done. You know, I'll spend like $1,200 on a MacBook, but at that same time, right. that's it. I'm just right. spending the 1500 Exactly. Rather than having a cable bill. Right. And spending like twelve hundred on the TV plus a cable right. bill, and then nine dollars to stream Netflix instead of <laughs> there you go seventy dollars. <laughs> so economically, it's yeah. not worth it, right? You know, but it's just really scary though that things are going so quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we just need a a chill moment, <laughs> yeah, to swallow things down first. Because I think also, I think even the younger generation are seeing things like, you know, whoa, it's yeah, going right. way too fast. Like yeah. when they're saying like, whoa, right. that's, I mean, that's a wake up call right there. When they're saying like, wow, this is going on already this quick. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, 
I don't know. It's too scary. When any, when anytime things are spiraling out of control like that, it kind of frightens me a little bit. It does. Autism. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know why every kid, ADD. Every kid has fucking autism now. And ADD. Like, yeah, and ADD. <laughs> but I mean, legitimately. Okay, so when you have ADD and you take methamphetamines, it does calm you down. So I understand. Uh, but I can't believe that everybody actually has ADD. Not everybody has ADD. Well, not everybody. But, but, the, but a lot of people. But they'll medicate anyone and everyone. And it's so scary to yeah. me that when you start medicating a five-year-old and then they're 18, that means that they've had their kidneys and liver and all their, you know, yeah. organs have been sort of, you know, pickled and fucked up with drugs since... I, I'm just wondering when the kidney dialysis centers in malls are gonna show up, you know? Yeah. Just, just cause this long-term drug use of a huge portion of our population, like what's the long-term effects of that? What's the long-term right. effects of Ritalin on, on a little person, you know? Yeah. I don't think it, I, I, don't, I do not agree with medicating a young child like that. Yeah. I do, I totally disagree with it because you're not giving that child a chance either. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they rather do, rather than do counseling or therapy for the child, is to drug them up. Right. You know. Well, and plus we're giving them uppers like uh, sugar. Yeah. And so to what extent is the ADD caused by some sort of environmental factor? Right. We're not really but my, uh, my brother's a, a, a bag of dicks and he has, he has a daughter um, who's a very nice young child. But, but she, unfortunately, she's plagued with a personality. And, um, and they, they put her on the drugs because she was, I, I was like, what? Because she's fun and makes up stories and she's, I mean, they're basically just wow. trying to, like, behavior modification can wow. be, you know, you right. can achieve that through good parenting and right. hanging out with your kids and, and you know, teaching stuff. You don't have to just put them on drugs. Um, I think they finally got her off of them, but they, they used to say like, oh, she's just like Pam, she's just like Pam, except that I've only met her three times, so it's totally not my fault, it must be genetic. Um, <laughs> well, what's wrong with being like Pam? Pam, you're awesome. Because Pam's Pam family, because cause when my mother met, was talking to my, when I used to be married, I, I remember she used to say to him before he'd leave, thanks so much for dealing with our Pammy. Like that's how my family has felt about me for a long time. They don't like personality and stuff. They like it. They want, you know, put on a silk suit, go to church. Drone don't, <laughs> don't, uh, don't do drugs and have a good time. Uh, don't have an imagination. Don't have right. an imagination. Or, but no, it's just, it wasn't hurt. about that. It was, it was about, you know, thoughts and I, I don't know. They just, I, I, they don't like my personality. So they yeah. put, but they, yeah, appearances are good in, in my family. Christians love appearances. But, um, you know, being difficult to deal with. Nobody, I, that, my, I don't think I'm that, I've been told by some people that they think that I'm difficult to deal with. Um, but other people seem to think I'm a hoot. So, you know, what, what do you do? I don't know. But that's, that's how the world works. Everyone has their different kinds of personality. And if we all have the same personality, how boring this exactly. would be. Yeah. Like, it just, you know, my family's plagued with mental illness, so, I mean, we have way different kinds of personalities and schizophrenia, but, I mean, at the same time, it's, 
I, I just find it scary that people don't want other people to have a personality or have an imagination, which is very, very important, you know, to get well, through life. Well, but, it, you know, in my, in my parents' defense, I was, I mean, my imagination was so grand. I just made up stories all the time. Like, but, but such fantastical stories that they just embarrassed them. You know, like, they, they got a call from a mom once where I had said to... There, I, I, my mom made me clean a toilet when I was like six or something, and I went to another friend's house and I was like, oh, all the chores we have to do and cleaning the bathtub and doing the toilet, and I just sort of went off and it made it into like a very Cinderella thing, and it was very, but I was being dramatic and fun. And, That's what kids and do. And so my mom was embarrassed when the yeah. other mom called her and was like, how do you make your daughter do so many chores? But she did it in a way that made my mom feel like she thought mm -hmm. she was like abusing me in some way. Like she was the evil mom. I don't know. Anyway, she was embar I embarrassed. I embarrassed people easily. I don't have a sense of shame, so it's, it, I don't fuck. But <laughs> but that's what you do when you're a kid. You kind of play with those lines, and right. you're you're not really socially adept yet. Not at that and, point. No. And fantasies and fairy tales. Right. Yeah. Telling stories. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they didn't like that. Um, but I, I don't think, I, I wouldn't say I was like a pathological liar because I wouldn't like, I don't know. You wouldn't Well, how about this? When I was about that age, my mom made me write a thank you letter to my aunt. And I did not want to do that. So the thank you letter was all about how much I hated my mom. Ah. <laughs> Dear auntie, I mean, thank just, you. That's what kids do. Yeah. You, you know, you... You have no filter and you're learning. You don't think about stuff like that yeah. as a kid. You just live in your own head with imagination, you know. I mean, I've, I've done like a, a letter to my mom like that, like, you're not a super mom, you're mean, you know. And not even think of the fact that that could hurt her feelings. Right. Or that's right. wrong of me. Right. What is the consequence? What does the word consequence mean? I mean, you don't think about that stuff between the ages of four to like eight. Now, when you get a teenager or preteen, when things get really awkward, you know, maybe you start to think about things. But adolescence, I think, was the worst period for, well, to me, I think it's one of the worst periods for any <laughs> child. You said the key word there, which is period. Period, exactly. <laughs> and what an awkward thing in your adolescent years, you know, because then you have all these feelings, emotions, and you still don't know how to filter them. Right. And then you're going through these changes, and you don't know what's going on. And then you're trying to deal with the fact of, like, people in school and, like, my parents don't like me or my teachers don't right. and no one likes me. I hate myself. But you still don't have that filter. Right. You hate yourself and you hate chores. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe your parents Across sometimes. Across the board, kids hate chores. Yeah, exactly. You know, so... It's it, going to be exaggerated and dramatic. Oh, and God. Oh, absolutely. So dramatic. And then I think that goes all the way up to maybe, like, you know, in college a little bit. Like, because it's... You know, you're still trying to find yourself. I... I, I I always say, like, I'm always still trying to find myself. I think you believe you are trying to find yourself to the day you die. Yeah. You know, honestly, you know. Unless you have kids, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. You just try to make them find themselves. But now, right. but, but now you think about how you how good of a parent you try to be. Yeah, but you still. I I've noticed I don't have kids. I don't either. And do you I. Any Trina, do you think about that ever? Oh no, I think I'm lucky. I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> I dodged, dodged, dodged a bullet. couple bullets for sure. <laughs> um, but I noticed with my friends that have kids, it's like their personal growth stops at that point. They put all of their per- personal growth onto their ch- children. Right. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm afraid to have kids because I don't feel like I have grown enough to do that and I think that's the responsible reason why I don't have kids because there's a lot of shithead parents out here who have no growth and don't know what they're doing I am an irresponsible drunk therefore I will not have kids because I'm actually a responsible drunk absolutely true right. at least you're I, honest and then, well the thing is this hey I love kids and you know what I've raised seven fucking kids I'm dealing with another three month old right now I'm changing diapers I'm dealing with the two year old poop man I've done it they're just not mine. I get to give them back. Yeah. And the best part is I get fucking paid for it. Yeah. I can't have kids unless I'm getting paid 20 bucks an hour. I can't. I can't deal with them. For 20 bucks an hour, I am the best fucking parent slash nanny slash caregiver in the universe. I'm really, really good nanny. I mean, I'm going to toot my own horn here for a second. I'm a good fucking nanny. But I would be a horrific parent. Just abysmal yeah well that's a big part of the problem is that it's 24 7 and it's really expensive oh gosh yeah and you have to do their laundry i can't even do my own laundry i haven't done laundry in like a month i'm gonna go buy some new underwear because i don't want to do laundry like with kids you have to do that you have to feed them right you have to lunch for them and shit i mean there's you also have to do that with your significant other too I mean, I feel like the only way it would really work is it is like divorced parenting, like <laughs> shared parenting with another couple. That's oh. like planned shared parenting because I, I really I um I had a boyfriend with kids for a couple years and that was really fun. I liked being this kind of pseudo stepmom. You got to give them back. Right. It was only on the weekends. Show them a good time and yeah. yeah. I need to write a book about how to be a good stepmom. That would work. Yeah, that's a good idea. That would, that would totally work, yeah. Because, I mean, they're already going to hate you, kind of, right? I mean, well, I mean, no. I, we got along great. I mean, as long as you don't have any real agenda with them, um, it really helps. Like, one of the key things that you have to do is always, always, always send them home with a present for their mom. Oh. Like, let them pick it out. It can be, like, the stupidest stuff ever. But she needs to have a present from them when they walk in the door. And that way, like, she's not hating on you. Right. Right? But then also, um, you just, you have to follow rules of good parenting, which is, you know, basically, well, anyway, we don't need to get you into don't that. Don't slap the kids unless they're mouthy. <laughs> well, no, I mean, what well, I we, would. And with the, just a light little, a light little tap. To well, no, face. you respect them and they will respect you back. Yeah. I mean, like any relationship, you get out of it what you put into it. And I, I feel like, you know, I don't like to do things unless I'm paid to do it, right? You don't either, Pam, right? Yeah. And so you're going to spend money on kids anyway. You might as well establish like a reward system for doing things rather than a punishment system. And it is so much more effective. You don't have to yell because they know what the reward is in advance for getting, you know, themselves ready for bed, for example. Right, right, right. It Absolutely. was super easy. I really enjoyed it. I... I think that's pretty smart. I never thought about that, really, seriously, because I, well, I'm not, I'm not anyone's stepmom, 
but you never know in the future how it holds and you always want to keep the peace within the significant other the mom and what have you because also kids can be cruel right and say some stuff like you know daddy's girlfriend is mean or you know daddy's girlfriend talks about you all the time and not in a good way because kids are smart and they can be cruel as hell they come home and they go mommy what does the word cunt mean? Right. Goes, oh, because that's what daddy's new girlfriend calls you. Right. Oh no, 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 don't ever say, and don't get involved in the parents' no. dispute. That's none of your business. Absolutely. Stay out of that. Well, I'm sure, I'm, I'm assuming step parenting is a lot like nannying though, Peg. 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 Yeah, Peg. I'm horrible with I names. I love that. Yeah, no, I mean, right? I mean. If I was, I mean. If the stepdad guy was rich enough, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, to, I, I mean, I, don't well, what is your I approach love, to being I a nanny? I love kids. I love them when I'm getting paid to hang out with them. Right. I just don't see the purpose of hanging out with them for free. Um, and, and, and then I'm a little jaded because I do have two nieces that I've only met three times that are now like 13 and 11. And I've met them three times because my brother thinks I'm an irresponsible drunk. Uh, but the thing is, like, I would, but they all drink too. I don't get it. It's just because they don't like my personality. I swear. Um, or you know, it's because I'm, a, it's because I'm a, I'm a socialist, and they're all Republicans. And they say, "How much of our money do you want for your poor people, Pam?" And I'm yeah. like, "I oh. am one of the poor people. Give me your money." <laughs> like, but that sh- they should also set that aside for family. Like, I'm kind of old-fashioned when it comes to that because family is very important and. Political differences should not, I mean, of course you'll have those dinner time arguments about it, yeah, but I don't think that should affect, you know, a relationship or what have you. And I I think that's kind of sad, and I think he's missing out on that. They're definitely missing out. I'm I'm an excellent influence on children, Uh, (laughs) I think. But in some parents, and that's why I'm a highly paid nanny in San Francisco, is there's a lot of parents out there that you know, value my time with their kids and they think that it's a good thing that I, you know, talk to them like real little people mm-hmm. and I don't right. belittle them and I'm nice and I'm, yeah. you know, you could see that, that there's a P in there. Daria made that for me for no reason, for a New Year's gift. I think it's on the table and uh, it's, it, she made me a balloon animal P. It's like, you are the best babysitter ever. Oh, I see it right there. That's Cats, cute. cats, cats. Like, she knows I love cats. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, and that's actually what really, that's the real important part about it, you know. Like, uh, I don't know. Why do I'm adults have to? I'm very loved by many children. I just hope that when I'm an old lady, they'll come back and give me some money. Are you going to be the old lady in the shoe? <laughs> what was that? Old lady in the shoe. Old lady in the shoe, yeah. Well, who knows what's going to happen to me? I'm going to have to work forever. I'll still be a nanny when I'm 70. I have no doubt. I we'll mean, work together they- forever. Yeah, well, you gotta have some kind of profession when you're a lady and you don't have a yeah. W two. Absolutely. You either get to be a wife or an illegal alien or a nanny. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Women's roles, awesome. <laughs> they can't, but they can't even find me now. The the government, well, they should really be able to find me because of the food stamps. But I looked on the internet trying to find myself through this government search site. Like it's supposed to be like, here's what the government knows about you. And they couldn't even find my DUI. Like, I, they got what? wiped off the records. It, I don't exist. The only thing that exists for me is someone named Pam Ray. But I never officially changed my name when I got married. So, 
off the grid. I don't know grid. why they think I'm Pam Ray living in San Diego because I never changed my name. That was Pam's pastime. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when I bought the Lexus, I might have signed the Pam Ray. I think we were still doing that, even though it wasn't it wasn't my legal name. I don't want to Google myself. I'm afraid what might pop up. So Girl, you're on a bus ad. Come on. <laughs> I did oh, that's it true. recently. Did you? It was, it was terrifying. <laughs> really? What was yeah. it like? You're like, how do people know well, about Well, it brought things? up, like, for example, my Amazon wish list from, like, 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, I didn't really think about it. But, yeah, I guess that is public record. Yeah. It's kind of creepy, right? Where it's just like your past just pops up mm-hmm. behind you. It's just like, how did you find out about that? Or, like, who took pictures of that? Oh, my God. <laughs> At least there's no video. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared because what happens if I actually someday decide to get a regular job again with a W-2? It's been, it's been nine years since I've had a, a job with a paycheck, like, with an actual paycheck. I'm, I'm just like, what are they, are they going to be like, where have you been? Or, and, then what, and then I just say, I've been a really good girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I went to graduate school for poetry yeah but uh, I mean think about how many people that they would have to employ to really track as many people as we're talking about with the phones and like really like and that's true I live in the Tenderloin and when you walk around the Tenderloin at 3 in the afternoon 2, 3 in the afternoon nobody has jobs it's just people standing around and I'm like what do you do like I don't know they shoot dope they shoot dope. That's what they do. How many times have yeah. you walked home and seen people shooting dope? A lot. Oh, God. By the, the baby, right in front of City Hall yesterday, uh, we was walking. Excuse me, it was on Monday. So it was with the baby baby and the other baby. And we had the stroller and we were walking through. And I saw a guy with a needle sticking out of his arm. Uh, and the funny thing was, uh, is they were sitting in this one area. And then in the middle of this grassy area was a man sleeping with a blanket over his head. And the ranger, or the guy who looks official, comes up to him and, like, taps the guy with the blanket on. And the guy, like, like comes out of it, like, and the ranger guy's like, you can't sleep here, man. And I almost wanted to be like, there's two kids over there shooting smack. Yeah. Can you go do something about that? Yeah. Are they asleep yet? Nope. All right. We can't do <laughs> can't nothing. Do nothing. <laughs> ooh, yeah, because that, that means they're going to leave that dirty syringe. And, ooh, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. That's what I saw yesterday. This is great. This is right outside the library. People were shooting dope right outside the library. And they stuck the syringe in the grate. Okay, you know, like <sighs> the little, the big grate that had a, a, in the... A hole in the sidewalk with a oh, grate in it. Oh man! And they stuck the needle down in one of those holes, and I was like, "That's fucking brilliant!" Except <sighs> that someone eventually who cleans the grate—I guess there's a lot of needles down there, but no one's gonna step on it, dude. But it does flow to bay. Oh shit! Yeah. So enjoy swimming with needles. Oh god! I yeah. That's why that. we have so many sharks. They're all hooked on smack. <laughs> <laughs> Shark attack! <laughs> Snack attack! Oh, <laughs> oh, heroin. Gross. That's all I got to say. Uh, we'll take this opportunity to talk about healthy drugs like Alta California Botanicals. <laughs> Best tink in the biz. Uh, this show is brought to you, the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio is brought to you by Alta California Botanicals. Uh, they are also uh, co-sponsors of the... 2016 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is going to be held here 
at Mutiny Radio. 25 shows, five days. Flyers are coming out soon. You can buy your tickets on universe.com. And sponsored by Alta California Botanicals, PBR, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, Subliminal SF, and the Eagle SF. So big sponsors, fun times. Yay, drugs. But these are good drugs. Uh, <laughs> go to your local dispensary, ask for them by name, Alta California Botanicals. Uh, THCA is really good for you. It makes you sleep good too. Yeah, uh, the THCA actually I think is great for headaches. It's a massive anti-inflammatory. Weed, weed is good for you. And uh, they've been hiding it for us for all these years because the pharmaceutical companies want us all hooked on smack. Not real smack, their smack. Like Wellbutrin, Paxil. I was thinking Oxycontin. about Paxil the other day. And one, of the, one of the side effects of Paxil, which you're supposed to have as a mood stabilizer or for, for depression, one of, the, one of the side effects is wanting to kill yourself. That's like the worst side uh, effect for that's... a depression drug. That, if, if that's the side effect for a depression drug, the depression drug doesn't work. It doesn't. That so doesn't why do they have sense. it out there? Why are there all these people on Paxil and they're like, hey, you could kill yourself? <laughs> that, that, what? what? Just like the, <laughs> One of the side effects of Paxil is, su- is suicidal ideation. Is, You're kidding. Uh, wow. No, for, that's for like having any, a... Uh, like reuptake, you know, drug like that. S- S- that is there. SRI uptake inhibitor. Yes. Or MRI uptake inhibitor. That completely makes no serotonin. sense for someone who is depressed. Well, I didn't hear that. What? I said that makes no sense for someone that is depressed because someone, de- people who are depressed sometimes do have suicidal thoughts. Right. So. It exacerbates what? suicidal ideation. Look at me breaking out the fucking Dude. Words. Knowledge is power and it just exploded all over the place. Oh my yeah, god. I, and that's the thing is when marijuana's excellent as a medication because its efficaciousness is immediate, right? So when you're t- taking like an SORI uptake inhibitor, it takes two weeks to get into your system and to make you feel all like normal and shit. And then they never tell you when you can get off of it. But with marijuana, oh, I feel sad. And then I smoke it and I feel fine. Or um, I feel anxiety. And then you take some tincture and you feel fine. Like if you have medicine for anxiety and you, I mean, what what else are you gonna take? Fucking Xanax? Jesus Christ. Smoke some weed and chill the fuck out. You gotta, I mean, Xanax is pretty strong stuff. Prescription drugs scare me, period. That's yeah. all I have to say. Although Xanax is fun recreationally. <laughs> so, so Jonathan and I, on Sunday night, we took a Valium and tried to watch a movie and we both fell asleep. It was really fun. <laughs> so Pam, um, pardon, pardon my ignorance, but what is Tink? A tincture, medical marijuana uh, tincture. So it's a, sometimes they use glycerin base, but we don't do that. We use a, an alcohol base. So marijuana is, there are two ways that it's soluble. Like you can't, you can't stick a marijuana, like a, you can't stick the bud. You could smoke it, but you can't stick the bud in water. Mm-hmm. Nothing will happen, right? So right. it's alcohol soluble, meaning you can soak it in alcohol over time, or you could heat it with alcohol, and you can take the cannabinoids off the plant and extract it into the alcohol. A lot of other people use butter, so it's fat soluble or alcohol soluble. Mm-hmm. So when you eat like a pot brownie, obviously it's done in butter or oil, some kind like olive oil or butter or a coconut oil is another popular one but um, this tincture that we do is a um, it's it's an alcohol extraction and so every bottle has um, it's 
per milliliter. So like a full dropper full usually has 10 milliliters of whatever active cannabinoid. So when you take the nightmare juice or the one that <laughs> Latoya likes, the uh, the euphoria tincture, it's it's THC heavy. So it's 10 milligrams of THC per dropper full. Um, and so when you eat like a brownie or something, it'll say on the outside like 50 milligrams of THC or mm -hmm. if you eat like a chocolate covered coffee bean, it'll say five milligrams per. And so you kind of know how to dose yourself and so you don't overdose mm -hmm. like you, I mean, you can't overdose on marijuana, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> You can't die. Uh-oh. Unless you kill yourself. You can feel like you're you going to die. feel like you're going to die, but you are not actually die. Actually die. <laughs> but, well, right. so then that's because Jonathan did it too. Jonathan took about 400 milligrams not Whoa. too long ago. Wow. The, of the THC. So it would be the equivalent of drinking the entirety of like two and a half bottles is what he did because he's an insane person. Uh, and he tripped out. But I mean, the most I've ever taken it once, there's a, up in Seattle, there's this, uh, these, there were these 200 milligram, like toffee, pieces of toffee. And so I ate like 100 milligrams of it. I think I ate half of it. And I was fucking stoned. Um, but usually I, usually I roll with about 40 or 50 milligrams at a time. Like that's what I like in edibles in my system. Um, so that's, there you go. How mm. much is that in like cookie form? Cause who in, knows what milligrams will be? Well, the cookie, your cookie will tell you. So like I one time got a 150 gram brownie and, and they tell you this is like five servings uh, or what, what have doses. you, five doses. Um, but regular cookies are usually like 30 to 40 milligrams a piece. Wow. So, yeah, but they but that's the beauty of the pot shops now the dispensaries is they tell you what you're getting Yeah, um, I mean unless you're gonna smoke it and then you just kind of figure it out as you puff along You know because it hits you immediately the reason it's important to know your dosage when you're taking an edible is it doesn't hit you right away So you don't you don't know what you're gonna and that's the main problem with like edibles that go through your gut Right like tincture is absorbed in your mouth your esophagus. It's in your body before it gets to your intestines but like when you're dealing with a brownie situation, it's gotta make it all the way to your tummy and then all the way through your pooper. And it's like going through your intestines and it's absorbing THC all the way along the way. And it's turning it into like some other thing too, THCV or something. So that's why a lot of people get super fucked up is they'll eat a brownie and be like, half an hour later, I don't feel anything. And then they'll eat another one. And then in Yikes. 15 minutes, they're like, oh, I'm fucked. And then in another 15 minutes, they're like, holy fuck, I'm fucked. <laughs> and then that's, that's what happened to Steve, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> mine, mine was like an immediate, there wasn't like a slow. It was like this roaring train of terror exploded out of my body. <laughs> And I thought I was having a stroke. I thought I was allergic to something that was in the stuff. It did not feel like, that's the other thing too, is the edible high from versus the smoking high is vastly different. Absolutely. Uh, so you, you, gotta, you gotta ease yourself into this. You don't wanna just jump off a cliff and cannonball because uh, you're gonna break your fanny. Don't drink a whole bottle at once. I or a half a bottle. Or a half. Follow instructions. Follow diligently. instructions. I mean, I'll drink half a bottle because I'm a professional. <laughs> but, but that's because I know what's gonna happen. I don't think I'd drink a full bottle of the green of the Euphoria all at once. Um, I might throughout a singular day consume an entire bottle, but not all at once because I'm just I'm, I'm not that mentally strong. 
I don't think you should do anything all at once sometimes, especially when it comes to anything you're putting into your body. It's called moderation, people. Wait, right. even with ecstasy now, and I haven't done that in a while, but whenever I do take Molly or whatever else, I take it a fourth at a time. If it's in a pill, I never just pop that whole pill in my mouth. No sorry, I am too old. And so I take it and I, I eat it by fourths and a fourth and then when I get a little high I'm like, ooh, okay, okay. And then if I want a little more, I'm like, okay, take a little more. But I just, I can't, I, I, I won't even take a full hit of acid like that anymore. I'll take like half a hit or I'll put it in a bottle of water and drink it over time. Cause I just can't, I just can't handle my shit anymore. Like I end up a drooling, blubbering mess on the floor going like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. I sometimes, if I take too much acid, I forget how to talk. It's kind of an interesting conundrum. <laughs> Someone needs to record that. Yeah, it's, well, it, the thing is I'll just stop talking because I don't know how to do it. I forget how sentences work. Like, that's happened to me before where I've just been so fucked up that I just, I have no idea how language works. <laughs> or bicycles. I, I've been so fucked up on acid that I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember how to ride a bike. I couldn't figure out how and why people did this. I was like, what? What is this contraption about? <laughs> Your motor skills are shot. something really cool about hallucinogens just recently taking mushrooms. I'm surprised I've never figured it out. But if I wear glasses, I'm totally blind. When you're high on mushrooms and you're flat out hallucinating, when you take your glasses off, everything looks exactly the same. Because it's basically your mind's creating these images, so it's not like you're seeing them through your eyes and they get blurry. It's they are there because your mind's creating them. It was wow. so crazy. I was like, I can be blind all night and it doesn't fucking matter and I'm gonna still see this elephant in the sky and like the weird trippy lines everywhere. Wow. It was a science experiment. <laughs> it didn't For make science. the your the, the glasses don't make the hallucinations any more clear. I'm sorry. The the glasses don't make the hallucinations any more clear. Nope, they don't make them clear and they don't make them blurry. Right. Like, it's all the same. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Wow. I think we're at that two o'clock. Are we really? Yeah. It's no. one fifteen. You didn't even play a song. Oh my gosh, we didn't play any music. Yeah, We're terrible oh DJs. Oh my god, that was so great, you guys. <laughs> Good job. There is no. We'll sign off and uh, well, everybody say goodbye. Goodbye, Pam. Bye, everybody. Thanks for uh, having me to train. Yay. And uh, so then all we do is say bye, everybody. See bye. you next week. Next week, y'all.
tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Sir, Ocean has to you offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. Cafe, <laughs> Asiento, and the people at Alta. Hey, you. Who, me? Yeah, you. 